Hey church, this is Pastor Brett Ricely. Thank you for joining me for the Midweek Connection this week on Wednesday, January 24th, 2024. So to begin with today, I want to begin by sharing a really cool praise. Um, We have had a lot of donations over the last couple of weeks of hats, socks, and gloves, and other winter items. And we have delivered those items this week to Hope Ministries, which includes the Door of Faith, Bethel Mission, and the Women and Children's Center. We've also had so many donations, we were also able to send some to the Friendship Center as well. And so, first of all, I want to say thank you to all of you who donated something to this cause. Many people are going to be thrilled to have warm clothes during this, these winter months. And I also want to say thank you for blessing our community through your generosity. Um, also, thank you to the Circles on Mission and the women's leadership team who organized this project and put that in uh, motion for us. And so we're just grateful for everyone involved being a blessing to our community in a very tangible way. So thank you for participating and being a part of that so far this year is off to a great start. Second announcement I want to bring to your attention today is membership. Uh, We hold membership classes every few months, and uh, we want you to know that if you are considering to be a part of our church, you probably have questions. Well, a great place to come and ask those questions is going to be the membership class. The next membership class is going to be offered on Sunday, February 18th from 4 to 6 p.m., and we typically have that in the community room. You can um, sign up for that this coming Friday in the email blast. And we also want to let you know that childcare is available when you pre-register for that. And um, so please look for the link in the email blast, or you can contact Julie here at the church office uh, with the number on the screen. So if you've got questions, um, our membership class is simply just that. It's a class. It's informational. There's no obligation to join the church that night. Pastor Mike teaches that, leads you through a lot of things that cover our mission, our vision, values, the directions, some of our church policy things, and gives you an opportunity to ask questions. So If you're new to TMC, you want to learn more or wonder what your next step might be, I'd highly encourage you to sign up for that. Third, um, we really believe around here that studying the Bible is kind of a big deal. We think it's important for you to have a daily intake of God's Word. And so while you know that reading the Bible and studying the Bible is important, you might find yourself asking the question, but how do I actually do that? How do I study? Where do I start? What do I do when I study? Well, if that's you, and if those are some of the questions that you've been asking, I'd love to invite you to join me for a two-week workshop where I will teach you a COMA method, which is an acronym for context, observation, meaning, and application. It's a timeless method that you can use to study any passage of the Bible, um, and it helps you with greater understanding and greater application. So this two-session workshop will begin Sunday, February 18th, and will also happen on Sunday, February 25th. So just two Sundays. It'll be from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. in the community room. Child care for all ages will be available for both weeks. So please take advantage of that. The deadline to register for this is February 4th, and you can RSVP for that in the email blast as well. And lastly, 
Uh, some of you have asked, how can I get one of those TMC shirts or a TMC sweater? Well, every so often, a couple times a year, we will place an order for shirts and sweatshirts. And so if you're interested in getting some of that, um, please check out the email blast this week where you'll find a link to learn more about um, our t-shirts and our sweatshirts. And once we have enough interest, and we've gathered enough, then we'll place an order and uh, you can get your shirt or your sweatshirt. So please take advantage of that. And uh, we look forward to seeing you around TMC um, with one of our shirts on. So those are the announcements for today. And now we're going to turn our attention to a spiritual devotion. So for our spiritual devotion for today, um, I want us to look at Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. It's going to be up here on the screen. And we're going to read it together. And I just want to point out a few things. This is Paul writing to the church in Ephesus. And writing in this section, he's specifically writing a prayer, a prayer of thanksgiving and intercession and praise. And I think it's a beautiful picture of Paul's heart for the church. And I think there's some things that we can learn about our heart for the church and for our fellow believers as well. So let's take a look at this and read this together. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23 say this, For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So there's a lot of encouraging things here in this passage. Uh, we're going to see three primary sections. We're going to see Paul's encouragement to the church, Paul's prayer for the church, and Paul's confidence for the church. So Paul's encouragement to the church we see in verse 15. He says, your faith in the Lord and your love toward the saints. Notice that he's commending them for their loving God and loving people. That's a part of our Part of our mission statement here, we want to love God by loving others, helping them to become fully functioning followers of Christ Jesus. And so Paul praises them. He says, your faith in the Lord is commendable. Your love toward all the saints in the church is commendable. And so Paul is grateful to witness this reality. And church, I have to just say, I am grateful to witness this reality as well by so many of you here at our church. You love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, not perfectly because no one can, but you love the Lord genuinely. And you show that by loving other people and serving them and giving and discipling and teaching and serving and, and, and being generous and hospitable and kind and caring and compassionate. And so that's a beautiful thing. And so I just want to say thank you for your love for the Lord and your love for the saints. Our body is a family 
And families cannot last very long without a love for the Lord first and a love for one another. So thank you. And then in verse 16, we see that Paul says that he prays without ceasing for the church, and he's always remembering them in his prayers. And so what an encouragement for us as well is to be reminded to continually pray for one another and to remember each other in our prayers as a source of encouragement and building each other up and in love. Secondly, we see Paul's prayer for the church. We see this primarily in verses 17 through 19. We see Paul pray for four specific things that he wants the church to be aware of and to be known in Ephesus. Verse 17, he prays that that they would be given the spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowing God. So what a great prayer to pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ, right? You can pray, Lord, please give Brett the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that he would know God. What a great prayer to pray. And so as you think about other people, especially those who are learning and growing, maybe they're more younger in their faith, or they've been a Christian for a long time. There's nobody that doesn't need more wisdom and knowledge of God. And that comes through his word and experience and time, walking with the Holy Spirit in life and through circumstances, good and bad. So what a great prayer to pray. And he prays that for them, that they would know God. And that really is the chief end of man, is to know him and to enjoy him forever. Then in verse 18, the first half of that, Paul says that he wants them to know the hope to which they have been called. And again, what an incredible reality for us as believers that this hope that we have been called to a hope, that's a present reality and a future reality. The present reality meaning that we have a present hope, that we are indwelled by the Spirit, we've been redeemed by the power of the cross of Christ, and now by grace alone we get to live this life in hope, knowing that even in our brokenness still, and even as we battle sin and we live in a broken world, there is hope. Hope that we can be changed. Hope that broken people can be redeemed. Hope that the earth that we currently live on can actively be redeemed to some small degree that we are called to create a culture as believers to do our best to be involved in this world. That there is hope that the gospel changes things here and we should be actively involved in pursuing that, praying for that, and being engaged in that. But it's also a future hope which is easier to probably understand. The future hope that when we die and our body goes into the ground, our soul goes into eternity with God forever. And there's a future hope as well that not only will we die and be with him, but he will come again and he will recreate. He will restore all things. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. And what a future hope that we all long for. So Paul's praying this as well, that we would know the hope that what we have in the present reality and the future reality to come. In the second half of verse 18, Paul prays that they also would understand that God considers them to be a part of his glorious inheritance. It says, the glorious inheritance in the saints. And so what's mind-blowing about this statement is that Paul is communicating to them that God considers his people to be his glorious inheritance. Inheritance is something that is given to you. It's something we all kind of look forward to someday to getting an inheritance. And we're like, yeah, that'd be great. This passage is communicating that God sees us, his chosen people, as precious and valuable. And he looks forward to not only spending eternity with us, but fellowshipping with us. So much of the storyline from Genesis to Revelation is how God began to dwell with his people in the garden. 
that was wrecked by sin and the fall is continued to unravel. Jesus has come to be a piece of the beginning of that redemptive story where he makes a way for God and man to be reconciled. But as we know, that's not a perfect reconciliation yet because we're not with him and we're still in this sinful, broken world. So there will be a fuller complete picture of reconciliation and restoration one day, and God considers us, his people, to be his most treasured inheritance. I hope that that brings you encouragement today, um, that the God of the universe that spoke creation into being considers fellowship with you a glorious gain for him. You are precious and valuable, not because of what you offer, but because of whose you are. And may that be encouraging to you today. And then verse 19, we see that Paul prays that they would experience and know the greatness of his power. Now, the greatness of his power primarily comes to us today through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, who immediately indwells us when we are converted to Christ. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit is a daily gift as he lives in us 24-7, 365. We don't need to pray him down and say, come and fill me. He lives in us. The Bible says that we are the temple of God. He dwells in us. So we don't need to ask him to come in. We don't need to ask him to come down more. We don't need to ask him to even fall afresh, bigger. He lives in us. He dwells in us. He makes his home in us. And he is a daily gift that enables and empowers us to live the life that we were called to live in Christ. Romans 8.11 says it this way, If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And so church, try to wrap your head around this, that the same powerful spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead now dwells in you. And that passage tells us that he will give life to our mortal bodies so that we can live this life. So Paul prays that we would know the greatness of the power we've been given to live a life of a discipleship in Christ. And so that's Paul's prayer for the church. And he ends this passage with what I would call Paul's confidence for the church. Where does Paul's hope for this church rest? Well, it rests primarily in the person and the work of Jesus Christ, right? We see in verse 20 that Paul talks about Jesus' resurrection and his ascension, being seated at the right hand of the Father, which we're actually going to talk about this Sunday in the sermon on Revelation 5. Um, In verse 21, though, of this passage in Ephesians, Paul also talks about Jesus' supreme authority in this age and in the age to come, that all things have been given to him, that he holds all things together. We also read about that in Colossians 1 as well. But then in verse 22, Paul says that Jesus is the head over all things in the universe and in the church, which is his body, and he fills it all, and all of it is in him. And so we see this beautiful reality that the church is built on Christ. Christ is the cornerstone, right? We're built on Christ. He is what it, we're built on. He is what sustains the church. In Matthew 16, 18, we read that Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So Jesus is the foundation. He's the sustainability factor and he is the one who builds it. And so Paul's confidence for the church is not in the saints. His confidence is in Christ. And I think that's a great point for us as well, is that Anything that we're doing in our life, in our church, 
the confidence for what is happening should be in Christ. And so now as we kind of move to a phase of application, I just want to encourage you with a few things. Um, number one, maybe you should consider pausing this video right now and pray like Paul. To spend a moment in thanksgiving, praying and thanking God for the good things that he's done. Spend some time in intercession, praying for other people, praying for the needs that you know of the body. Pray that God would be with them, comfort them, bring them peace and joy and hope in these hard times. Or maybe spend some time just simply praising him for who he is, reading a psalm, praising his name. So maybe pause the video right now and practice that. A second application to consider is this, is that are you thankful to God for the fellowship of believers here at our church? Um, if you are, great. Maybe consider telling one person this week that you're thankful for them and why. You know, some of those meaningful, you know, um, compliments or encouragements that I get is when someone personally comes to me and says, hey, Brett, I'm really encouraged by you in this specific way, or you said this specific thing that really impacted my life in this specific way. And again, it's not about me, because I know that the Holy Spirit is the one that works through me and often in spite of me. But it's also really encouraging to know that a brother or sister went out of their way to intentionally encourage me with a specific detail that was meaningful to them. And so find someone this week that you're grateful for and then tell them why. And that'll edify both of you. It'll be a mutually encouraging thing. Another application point to consider is this, is notice how Paul's view of the church, the way that he talks, the way that he prays, the way that he writes to them is so different than the view that is taken by many Christians in the church today. Many complain, uh, many argue, they cause division, they demand their own way. I'm not, I don't necessarily think that's really our church a whole lot, but I do think that the church has a very low view in a lot of people's minds, that the church is a mess and the church is a bunch of hypocrites and the church is this and the church is that. And yeah, of course, we have our issues because we're not perfect and we're not perfectly sanctified. And so there's gonna be mess. But notice that even in the midst of the mess, Paul doesn't focus on the mess. He focuses on the good things. He focuses on what's good and righteous and true and, 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 and pure and lovely. And he presses into those things. And so what would happen if we took a high view of the church like Paul did? What if we prayed for one another like Paul did? What if we expressed gratitude for one another like Paul did? What if we went out of our way to focus on Christ's goodness and his power like Paul did. And lastly, maybe there's a challenge here for some of us to spend some time praying through this portion of scripture. Um, in our staff meeting this week, that's what we did. We opened the scripture, we talked about it, but then we spent some time literally praying through it verse by verse. And I, I can tell you that for me, uh, praying through scripture has been one of the most enriching experiences of my prayer life. Um, there's nothing more uh, complicated really than just opening the text, reading it, trying to understand it, and then praying through it and out of it, letting the Holy Spirit guide you with the words of Scripture, which if you're wondering, oh, I don't know what to pray, I don't know what to say, well, you've got a book that's divinely inspired, and if you pray those words, you're pretty sure going to be praying some things that are in line with God's will and in accordance with His will because it's His revelation. <laughs> so it's a really powerful way to pray. And so those are just some things I want to leave you with today. Um, maybe you need to pause and pray. Maybe you need to spend some time praying through scripture. Maybe you need to take a higher view of the church. And maybe you need to be more intentional to express some gratitude to someone at TMC this week. 
But I hope this has been helpful to you. I hope it's been encouraging. I know it's been helpful for me to be meditating on this passage over the last few days. Um, and so I pray that we would be a grateful people, um, a people that's eager to praise God, eager to show gratitude to others, and eager to spend time in God's word through prayer. So on that note, let's pray. Father, thank you. You have given us such a glorious gift in your word. It's timeless, it's trustworthy, it's true. And Father, I'm so grateful that we have it to guide our life, to enrich our understanding, to learn about your heart, and to know how you want us to live. I pray that you would equip us by your Spirit's power to be in it daily, that you would equip us to be mindful of other believers in our church that need encouragement, that need prayer, that need support and care. Thank you for Paul's heart for the church. Thank you for the way that he models that for us. And may we as a church continue to be mindful of one another. And ultimately, Father, that would we point people to Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, the foundation, the cornerstone, the power that we need to live this life comes through him, through salvation. And now we live in the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, Father, we just confess that everything we have is a gift from you. We confess that any good thing that comes out of our life is a result of your work in us first. And so, therefore, we give you all the glory, all of the praise, all the adoration, all the credit, all the acknowledgement. You are worthy. You are supreme. And we love you. We thank you for loving us first. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you for tuning in to the Midweek Connection. I hope you've been encouraged and blessed. This Sunday, I'll be preaching on Revelation 5, uh, 8 through 14. I hope that you can join us in person. If you need anything from us, feel free to contact the church. and We hope to bless you and serve you in any way that we can. Have a great week.